Ryan Poles reiterates that he would have to be blown away to take a quarterback first overall. But I'm going to talk about why that could just be a ploy. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we're going to talk about Chicago really wasting no time in their offensive coordinator search and why I think Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren are right to be so aggressive. We're going to get to all that plus the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get to the content for today. And first of all, I want to talk about uh, Ryan Poles and his comments on the number one overall pick, right? And I know that this is a hot button topic for a lot of Bears fans in which they feel like what the, the, the franchise should do with Justin Fields. Some people feel they've already read through the tea leaves and it means that either Justin Fields is staying or Justin Fields is going. When it comes down to it, Ryan Poles with its own word said this. In my mind right now, I'm going to take this uh, take this all the way to April. I'll just stay very wide open with a different path we can go. And as we collect information, if that closes some of the those pathways down, then we'll do that. Move on to other ones. But I'm going to be wide open about this. And that's the right mindset that you want that you want your GM to have, right? When you have the unique opportunity, which is exactly what Ryan Poles called it, to have the number one overall pick twice, two years in a row, it really does make you really reevaluate what all your options are going to be. And, you know, even in today's episode, when we get into the mailbag, we got voicemails on people who think that, you know, took Ryan Poles' words one way and somebody who took it all the other. You can read the tea leaves any way that you want to, but you know what? For me, I like the fact that my GM is leaving all avenues open because that is the path to finding the right answers is not to close yourself off not too early from any one direction. And so the Bears are going to evaluate the quarterbacks in this draft. It's coming. It's going to happen. And then they may make their decision early. Are they going to trade the first round pick, the first overall pick before the draft like they did last year to maybe give themselves more time to find other trade opportunities to trade back twice? That's definitely something at the Bears' disposal as well. But the Bears are going to go into this situation and evaluate all and every outcome. That means looking at the quarterbacks. That means looking at the wide receivers. That means looking at trading down and maybe you don't get any of those guys in the top four or five that you're trading down lower, but you're getting more veterans, more future draft picks left at your disposal as well. To me, Ryan Poles is playing chess right now. And so far, he's doing it well. And the thing that I really like about Ryan Poles so much is that he does hold himself accountable. Even in that press conference earlier this week, when he talked about the fact that, listen, I made a bad decision in, dra- in, in trading the, the second round pick. He didn't name Chase Claypool by name, but we all knew that, that he made a bad trade and he, and he has not shied away from that and tried to make it something that it is not. And so Ryan Poles to me, and with Kevin Warren also there helping make decisions, they're going about this thing the right way. You want to look at every single avenue and scenario that means evaluating Caleb Williams. That means looking at Drake May. That means looking at Michael Penix to even see if maybe you can get him you know, later on and things like that. Jaden Daniels, right? Marvin Harrison Jr., Brock Bowers. Everybody's going to be evaluated. Everybody's going to be evaluated. And the Bears are right to do that. And you got to see also the opportunities and what you can get with trading back, right? We got a great voicemail on what we could potentially get back from Washington if we do trade back for them. And, it, and it's valid, right? Everything at the Bears' disposal right now, it, it gives them an embarrassment of riches, and that is the place that you want your team to be at when they have the most leverage, right? Well, you guys know I cover the Bulls as well, and over on Chicago Bulls Central, we got to talk so often about how the, how the Bulls' front office didn't really use the leverage in some of the moves that they could have made right away. Ryan Poles is somebody who is going to use all the leverage and all the opportunities in front of him, and that's the thing that I do like most about what Ryan Poles has done 
as the GM of the Chicago Bears. Has it all been perfect? No. Do people universally love Ryan Poles? No either. And I don't think that will happen until the Bears start winning at a high level consistently. But at the end of the day, I look at what Ryan Poles has done in the, in, in the three years so far that he's been here, and it's been way more positive than negative, in my opinion. And we got to see if that's going to continue this offseason. There's no really reason to believe it won't as of yet. But you got to continue to prove it. And that's something you got to prove every single year, every single offseason is the path, and keep giving these Bears fans reasons to believe in the direction you're taking your franchise. And there are going to be some people either way who don't believe in what you do right away. But if the end result ends up getting us to where we want to be, then they're going to have to eat those words eventually. And that means whether it is moving on from Justin Fields or keeping Justin Fields, whatever that ends up being, whatever that decision they end up making shakes down at, you're going to get your immediate reactions from people who either agree or disagree with it. But the, but the thing that really is going to tell the story is when we look three years from now, whatever they end up doing, when we look three years from now, was it the right decision? And that's something that only time's going to be able to tell. But in talking about time, the Bears have wasted no time in their offensive coordinator shirt search, starting off with Shane Walden, going to Clint Kubiak right after that. And the Bears are being very aggressive with going after guys with some play calling experience, with some quarterback experience as well as, as far as developing quarterbacks. And that is something that they're going to need regardless. And like I said before, I know some people make this about what does this mean for Justin or not Justin and things like that. But it's more than that. It's even outside the box there. And so, you know, I love that the Bears are not wasting time, right, because this this coaching decision is important for what you're going to do in your free agency, in your draft, I think, right? And you will see how much the, the new offensive coordinator, what changes in that system, we'll see how much that ends up, you know, changing and adapting and what players we see could be prioritized in that or not. But the Bears are being aggressive initially about going after candidates that make sense to what they're trying to do. Now, will they be able to lock in those candidates? That, that, that's the biggest question, right? But I do think, and as we said on yesterday's live stream, they're probably going to interview between eight to 10 people. I wouldn't be maybe five to eight, but it's going to be a lot of people that the Bears interview with this. Now, that runs its own risk as well. Somebody could make an offer to somebody that you interviewed if you drag your feet too long. But that is why the Bears are really doing what they can right now, even before the official end of the NFL season after the Super Bowl. The Bears need to be doing their work now, right? We even saw the Patriots hire a new head coach. Shout out to, to Mayo there. But at the end of the day, you just got to look at it like this. This Bears team is doing the things that they need to do and taking those necessarily steps to, to get us into a better place as a franchise. Is everything going to work out? No. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not wishing that it don't work out. I'm not saying that whoever the Bears do hires end up going to not work, but I, I think that is going to be. And so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what it, we'll see if that's going to be the case, right? And, you know, at the end of the day, I know I say at, at the end, I'm trying to, I'm, that's one of my default statements. I'm trying to get out of that. A lot of you guys have been pointing out, stop messing with me. But uh, when it comes down to it, uh, I really I really like what the Bears are doing. I like how aggressive they're being. I like the candidates that they've interviewed so far. And at the end of the day, again, just said it again, uh, we'll see where this team, team ends up and what they end up doing as we progress through this offseason. But let me know what you guys think down below. Are you still entrusting in, in Ryan Poles? Do you like how aggressive the Bears have been with their offensive coordinator search? Or do you think that they were kind of missing some aspects of it? Eric Bieniemy hasn't even been reported as somebody on their list yet. But let me know what you guys think on all that down below but with that said it is friday that means it's mailbag day we're gonna go ahead and get into these voice the, these voicemails the first one this one's from Derek. what's going on hey Derek from dallas man uh i was just wondering dude I, has anybody considered us trading with washington i mean they're probably going to be looking for another quarterback um i don't think they're going to ride with sam howell particularly if a new guy comes in that they're hiring a new gm comes in that they're hiring and uh i think that's a perfect opportunity to say hey man look uh Y'all rebuilding over there, uh, Washington. Uh, pretty sure T.J. McLaurin don't want to be there no more. So uh, let's go on and uh, 
trade trade with us. Get the, we get that number one pick. Give me TJ and, and your and your first round pick next year, so we can run it back and do this all over again. Uh, I think TJ McLaurin on the other side to DJ Moore, man, that's nasty. That's nasty. I, I, and I don't care who's that quarterback. That's nasty. Um, with, with our running game and, and, and the weapons that we've got, uh, yeah, man, I, I can't help but to dream about that. Uh, and, and it's simply because Washington is obviously looking to rebuild. Uh, and TJ McLaurin is one of those premium players who I, I don't know if he's going to want to be a part of a rebuild at his age. Uh, and we're not a complete rebuild. We're, we're, we're on the cusp of, uh, of making a playoff run. So I think it'll work for both sides. Uh, I think, I think McLaurin would love that. Um, I, I know for health, for, for damn sure, uh, Bears fans will love that. Um, and, and that way we can get you off of Marvin Harrison Jr. for a little while. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I, that's what, that's kind of something that I was thinking of. I was just racking my brain of all the teams that are, you know, quarterback needy. Um, I know that New England is, but they ain't got nobody on that fucking team that I want. Um, but somebody's going to trade up with us, man. There's too many great quarterbacks coming out for, Somebody to not call us and give us a King's ransom, okay? And I just think that an organization as dumb as Washington will be willing to do that. So let's just go ahead and either get, you know, Jonathan Allen off their defensive line from them, or let's go get T.J. McLaurin. Man, I think they are the perfect trade partner. Uh, but just let me know what you think. I know a lot of people think the Raiders and Max Crosby, which is cool too. Uh, but, man, either T.J. McLaurin or Jonathan Allen, as this team wouldn't seem bad at all either. All right? But uh, anyway, man, Texas up, bear down. Let's get ready for this exciting offseason. Trading with Washington for the number one overall pick. We actually did talk about that uh, on one of the pre-recorded episodes not too long ago. But I think with where Washington is right now, like, yeah, I think the two biggest teams that we could trade with are probably going to be the Washington uh, Commanders and the New England Patriots. That, that's two. That, not to mean that somebody uh, like like the uh, the Raiders or like the, the Falcons can't make a, a move for it because they are also teams that could need a quarterback. I think ultimately it does come down to that. It comes down to what uh, we can get from the Washington Commanders. And at the end of the day, you you brought up Terry McLaurin, and this is a guy who's 28 years old. Uh, you know, 79 receptions last year for 1,000 yards and four touchdowns. I know you said we can get you off Marvin Harrison Jr., but the thing is, if we do trade down to number two, there's still an opportunity to still draft Marvin Harrison Jr. So then you're bringing you're going to have three. Like at that point, your wide receiver core is more than set. And that's not something that I ever really thought about. That I can admit. When I looked at most of these teams, I'm looking at the picks, but if you can get another wide receiver back and do kind of what you did last year with um with getting DJ Moore, hey, that that's really does set you up for your future now. You, of course, got to look at uh, McLaurin's age of being 28 years old and, you know, with us having a, a young, either way, unproven quarterback, whatever we end up doing there, you got some questions there. But I don't think that what you came up with was a bad trade. I think with the Washington Commanders having the number two overall pick, you may not get as much back potentially as if you trade with somebody lower. But from what we've heard is that the Bears are really, uh, because of the talent at this top of the draft, they're going to get even more back than what they got last year. So that's something to watch out for. Great, great suggestion there from Darius. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Wolf. Hey, what's going on, fellas? This is Mr. 470, also known as Wolf. I just wanted to tell y'all I appreciate the coverage that y'all have done this season in the offseason. And y'all, as y'all continue to keep going throughout the offseason this year, I appreciate the coverage. It's been great content, fellas. Um, what I saw on Sunday gave me all the clarification that I needed to see. Um, we're going to move on from Fields, bro. Um, I don't want to. I've been a Fields guy myself, but Fields has had two years now to beat Green Bay, and he hasn't beat Green Bay. So I'm not even saying three years because his rookie year, we can't even count it because he didn't even play until, like, the middle of the season. So 
But we've had two years to see Fields beat Green Bay, and he hasn't beaten Green Bay. Um, we have seen some improvement, but it hasn't been drastic. Um, and with that being said alone, I think that Ryan Poles is going to go ahead and draft Caleb Williams in this draft. However, I am still hopeful that we do keep Fields because I do see a potential trade option with the Minnesota Vikings. I know a lot of people ain't been talking about it or haven't even thought about it, but uh, a few months ago, Caleb Williams came out and said that he would prefer to play for Minnesota. From what we saw last year in the offseason during the draft process, Ryan Pose gave up our number one pick for DJ Moore to trade down and to get next year's number round pick. I could see him potentially doing the same thing this year because Justin Jefferson is up, for, uh, is up to get paid. And if Minnesota doesn't pay Justin Jefferson because they really, really, really need a quarterback, I could see Ryan Poles and Minnesota going into talks with each other about another potential trade back. Minnesota gets the first-round pick. On top of that, we also get Justin Jefferson out of Minnesota. Now, in retrospect, would I rather have Justin Jefferson over Marvin Harrison? You don't want to turn down a future Hall of Famer son. Like, if you your son comes from a Hall of Famer, and we know, Marvin Harrison Sr. was that dude. Marvin Harrison Jr. has been trained and groomed as a young boy to be that dog. But if you Ryan Poles and the Minnesota Vikings come at you and they say, hey, we want the number one pick, bet we need Justin Jefferson out of you and we need next year's number one. Do you take that trade and we let Fields sit for one more year? I think we do because if that's the case, we don't have to pay Fields big-time money for the next couple years. So we can afford to pay Justin Jefferson uh, whatever he's trying to get. On top of already having DJ Moore on our squad, man, that gives Ryan Poles a lot of flexibility. Like, cause now we potentially might have another first round pick that's going in the top five. And on top of that, um, Caleb Williams is to reunite with Jordan Addison again. Um, so I could see Minnesota being more willing to let Justin Jefferson go just because of the fact of Jordan Addison in the connection. Bulls move on. I mean, Bears move on from fields. I mean, like I said earlier in the show, you, you got a lot of people that look at it. Um, both sides. Now, I'll say this. I think we as fans make more of beating Green Bay than what the front office does. The front office should not judge somebody just by if you can just beat Green Bay because technically, let's look, we play Green Bay twice. Technically, if the Bears are a good team, they can lose to Green Bay both times and still win 12 to 14 games. And, and then what? Are we going to say, hey, a team that won 14 games just because you can't beat Green Bay, we got to get rid of the coach, we got to get rid of the quarterback? So I, I know that we do, and we have that pride in that. We want to see us beat Green Bay rightfully so because Green Bay has been kicking our ass for a fucking decade, but it's bigger than that. And you have to look at the bigger picture than if you can beat Green Bay or not. You have to look at the at the picture of who's going to be the best quarterback to eventually get us to a Super Bowl. That's what they have to look at. That's what they have to look at. And it's really up to Ryan Poles, man. I, I, I Listen, it's up to Poles and what he decides to do and how he evaluates this situation. You know, I like that in that press conference he was asked. I don't know who asked the question, uh, you know, a couple times about what was the evaluation of C.J. Stroud to where you thought, hey, this isn't the route that we're going to go. He didn't really answer that, right? But, uh, you know, I think that also in Ryan Poles admitting his mistakes, he's going to look at that evaluation and what he did last year and, and figure out what went right, what went wrong, and how he can maybe not make the same mistakes uh, this upcoming draft and stuff like that. So definitely think that's part of it. As far as the Vikings and trading for the number one overall pick, it, just, it depends on what you're getting back from the Vikings, right? Like, yeah, they got talent they can absolutely offer you, but you also got to look at where what the Bears want in their own first round. Like, if they moving down to 11, that means they would have uh, the number nine and the number 11 pick. Uh, you know, depending on the, that how they evaluate that talent in the top, like Malik Neighbors, Olufashanu, uh, Dallas Turner, right? If they are willing to pass up on those guys, then maybe they can. But 
you, I think at that point the Vikings would have to offer a lion's share of a ransom to, to do that considering what they can still get back and stay in the top four to five. So I think that's, that's the thing you need to look at there. But like I said, it really comes down to how Ryan Poles evaluates it. And the thing is, right now, you can't say anything's more right or wrong because Ryan Poles is evaluating everything. And maybe that's part of that evaluation. All right, let's get into the next one. This one's from K2 Clips. Yo, what up, fellas? It's K2, man. I'm just I'm calling in, man, because I got I got something I want to talk about, man. Uh, and I mean, this is I, I would like to hear Hayes' opinion about this, man, because I really like your take on a lot of things, man. Uh, Steve-O, too, man. I like to hear what Steve-O got to say, man. So if, if this is an episode where this get aired with them, too, man, I'd like to hear y'all opinion about what I'm about to say, man, about Matt Abelstoos now. Truthfully, man, uh, I understand why they kept him. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand why they kept him. Because, and everybody that says, oh, man, why they keep him? They should have got, got rid of him. Well, y'all can blame the players for that. Because they're the, they're the reason why he's still here. Matt Eberflus is still there because of all the praise he gets in that locker room from his defensive players, man. All of them. All of them, they love him. They love playing for this guy. Whatever he's feeding them, they they eating it up, man. And like, you know, I can't be mad at that, man. Like he did come out with a five and three record, although we did beat Green Bay and we gave away, you know, a few games that could have potentially put us over into the the um playoff scenario, whatever, man. It is what it is, man. But I really understand why they kept him man and like and got rid of our whole offense. Now if we if we would have had a balanced offensive attack with the, our ascending defense at the same time, man, this thing could have been a lot better, man. But I tell you what, man, I do give credit to Matt Eberflus for doing a few things. One, he was just expected to be the head coach when he, he kept, but he kept everything together throughout the Allen Williams situation. We still don't know what's going on with Allen Williams, man, but I think the, I think the boy was killing, but that's just me. I, that's just speculation, man. Don't quote, <laughs> don't quote me on that, but I just think he was doing a little something. He got caught with his head in a cookie jar. But anyway, so and then he had he had to he had to call plays. He had to be the captain. He had to be the motivational speaker. He had to to to, to deal with the media. You know what I'm saying? And like throughout all of that, man, he still was able to get all this positive feedback from his his defensive players. Now I tell you what, our defense next year probably gonna be a lot better because of that. Because whether he got to call plays or not, just him being at the helm is gonna be enough for our defense to still be what it is that they were this season. Now, if we can just get a decent offense to balance that, man, listen, man, I think, I think Matt Eberflus, I don't think he's the guy, but I just, I just understand why they kept him, man. I just want to hear y'all think about that. As, and then y'all know, man, have a good weekend, man, and always remember Chicago up, bear down. That's a great point. That in part, a, a part of why Matt Eberflus is still here is absolutely how the players have responded to him. How he, how he helped galvanize that team, right? Uh, galvanize, is galvanize negative? Anyway, how he helped bring that team together, right? And the praise from that. And I, like, I've said it m- multiple times. The way that Montez Sweat has talked about Matt Eberflus since becoming a member of the Chicago Bears, that does say a lot. So, you know, the defense is definitely, I think you can bet on it being better next season. I think if you bring in a defensive coordinator as well, that helps shore up some of those shortcomings that Matt Eberflus has. We don't know if Matt Eberflus is planning on staying on as the defensive play caller either. But that is something to also look at. And I think when it comes down to it, like the defense is a great building block for this Chicago Bears team to build off on. They definitely got things that they need to uh, still do and positions they need to fill out. Getting another edge on the opposite side of sweat could help a lot. A three tech could help a lot. Um, but then outside of that as well, 
um, your safety. You got to look at what you're going to do with Eddie Jackson and, and bringing in somebody that uh, you can start grooming and take over his position, if not outright. And then you got those decisions to make. But the defense is a big part of why Matt Eberflus is staying and how the players really do respond to Matt Eberflus. And so that's why we had that video last night on, you know, the, the Ryan Poles continuity plan, because that is kind of what Ryan Poles is betting on to a degree with holding on to Matt Eberflus. I have my issues with Flus. I, I absolutely do. Um, but I think if you get the right coordinators in here that can help fill in where he has gaps at and shortcomings at, uh, the sum of the parts can be better than the individual uh, parts themselves at that point in time. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Fred. Hey, yo, hey, what up, man? What it do to see your boy Fred, man? Man, I, I was so happy to get that news Wednesday that we fired Luke Gessie. I mean, it ain't cool if somebody get fired and they got a family. I get that part in the aspect. But when you're not doing your job, and, and you're supposed to do it to the fullest, and you the OC, your job is to, you know, call the right plays and put your players in the right position and to make adjustments and shit. When you ain't doing that, then, yeah, you deserve to get fired because Luke Gessie wasn't giving us that, that wild offense. Like, the points we was putting up, like, we've been spinning the red zone, like, what, four times in Green Bay, and we didn't even at least get two touchdowns out that motherfucker? Like, that wasn't cool, man. And his ass needs to go because he tried to make Justin Fields like he Aaron Rodgers. First of all, Aaron Rodgers just feels two different types of people. Aaron Rodgers is a pocket passer. Don't get me wrong. He can move a little bit. But when you have a dual threat quarterback when Justin Fields, you play to that man's strength. You communicate to that man. You work with him on him not turning his turning the ball over and holding the ball too long and working on his footwork as well. And that's what people don't understand why people keep hollering about Oh, we need to drive Caleb Williams. Man, I, I'm going to say this. Once, I said it once, I'm going to say it again. Fuck Caleb Williams. He's, he's not better than Justin Fields at all. So some of these Chicago Bear fans need to understand what it's like to build around a quarterback. This organization never built around a quarterback. Every quarterback that came to play for the Bears, they never developed them. They got rid of them. Everybody want to holler, oh, get rid of them. And people don't realize Justin came to this team with nothing to work with. And that's what people not understand. This man didn't have no weapons. He didn't have a line. He didn't have a competent coach that can uh, help him develop. Let, let, let's understand that shit. And I, and I keep telling people this all the time, but it's like, I guess common sense and shit don't register with people and shit. So that goes so that people don't watch football. They just go off what analytics say and what main media saying, and them fuckers don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. The Bears don't need to draft a quarterback. That's because of what analytics say. If, if, if the Bears listen to the media, that team really be messed up. So, with that being said, I hope the Bears, you know what I'm saying, go get some good offensive coordinator for the team that'll help Justin develop and unlock him as well. I'm okay with them. They get uh, Eric Bevel from Miami or uh, Shane Walter from Seattle, though. So, let me know what you think, Hayes, man. Chicago up, that out. Firing Luke Getze. Man, listen. I Listen, you, you guys saw it on the video. I was, Steve-O was dancing. I was smiling. Like, it just was the right decision. And I know there were some people really defending Luke Getze, saying things like, oh, well, it was because of Justin Fields that he could, you can't draw up a route for your wide receivers because you, because of, no, that's stupid. I'm sorry. That's just stupid. Anybody who really objectively evaluates Luke Getze and his play calling, his route trees, all that, and you think that, it's just because of Justin Fields, you're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. I don't care if that offends somebody. You're an idiot. And you don't really understand football in that case. Luke Getze was absolutely horrible. And like I said, I think some people also attach 
what this means for Justin Fields. And it's bigger than that. It's larger than that. And so at the end of the day, it was the right decision. And I think they made the right decision by moving on from a lame duck offensive coordinator in Luke Getze. And that's not to say that Getze can't go somewhere else and maybe develop. He may get another opportunity to be an offensive coordinator two, three, four years from now. And if he does, hey, prayers to him. I don't want I want to see everybody succeed. But you weren't succeeding on my team, so you had to go. Now, as far as Caleb Williams not being better than Justin Fields, you guys know. I, I like I think people like they they compare college stats to NFL stats. And then when you look at Justin's stats to Caleb Williams uh college stats, like the like when you look at just that, it's closer than what people say. Now that doesn't mean that Caleb Williams can't be better than Justin Fields. Again, that's up to Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren, Matt Eberflus, and whoever this offensive coordinator ends up being, that's up to them to evaluate and make that decision on. And if they find that they think that Caleb Williams gives them a better chance in the present or or and in the future, that's the decision that as Bears fans, we're gonna have we're gonna rock. Like, don't get me wrong. While I'm a Justin Fields guy, I'm a Chicago Bears fan first, right? And whoever ends up coming to the team, I'm gonna wish for them to succeed, right? Whoever it is. And and you know, at the end of the day, again, there goes that that term. We're going to get an end of the day counter. Uh, but at the end of the day, I really do. Uh, I trust Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren to make the right decision. And we'll see. And we'll talk about the results here every day like only we can at the number one spot, Chicago Bears Central. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Gree, I think is what he said his name was. Yeah, this is Gree. And I just wanted to let the Bears fans know, man, trust and pose. I think a lot of the Bears fans don't understand football, understand certain aspects of the game. They, they, uh, Ryan Pose, the a GM, and he don't always go with the popular decision. I, I liked it about, uh, Ryan Pose because last year he could have went with Jalen Carter because everybody was upset we didn't get Jalen Carter, but we got Darnell Wright out of the situation and it worked out for us in the end. We traded away the pick. We could have got Bryce Young. I mean, we could have got CJ Stroud. But in the end, it worked out for us in the end. We, we, we uh, got a, a wide receiver one. So I feel like as a Bears fan, we need to trust Ryan Pohl. And I think Ryan Pohl's got a, he got some up his sleeve. I think he really going to execute this obviously like he did last year. I mean, we was really supposed to be a 10-win team, but, you know, things happen. You know, we got Luke Getty playing double agent, you know. He infiltrating the whole thing. So I just think trusting Pohl's, man, we got a chance to get Brock Bowers and Marvison Harrison, who just wrapped declared for the draft right now. So I just think Bears fans just keep 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 the faith up, man. It don't take much to be a 10 11 win team. Bear down. Bears fans trusting in polls. I mean, I agree with that. And like I said earlier, the way that Ryan Poles holds himself accountable is why he gets my vote of confidence. Because too many times, what have we seen in Chicago sports in general? People who don't hold themselves accountable for the bad decisions that they make. Ryan Poles does that. And I think Ryan Poles learns from those decisions as well. I agree. Trusting in Ryan Poles right now where it seems like he's playing chess, he's going to get assets back for the Chicago Bears. How those assets develop, how it turns out, that remains to be seen. But I really do love, I love the job that Ryan Poles has done. And again, that doesn't mean that everything has been perfect because it hasn't. But I really like Ryan Poles. I like his mindset. I like the way that how aggressive he is when he needs to be with going out and making deals happen. I love it. And so uh, let's see. And I also think that Ryan Poles is somebody who believes in the players as being a former player himself. And let's hope that that continues for the Chicago Bears organization. All right, last voicemail of the day. This one's from the 602. What's up, Hayes? What's up, everybody? Cognac boys, man, I really appreciate what y'all do. I just wanted to say everybody all mad about Justin Fields talking about he's going to be having his third offensive coordinator. Man, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and has uh, 5,000 of them. It's a lot of good quarterbacks who then went through multiple offensive coordinators. That don't mean since you get multiple offensive coordinators, necessarily that it's bad or a good thing it just means that teams is doing what they what they do it could be 
you know, moving up. But anyway, that's just my opinion. Once again, I appreciate what y'all do. Chicago up. Bear motherfucking down. Hey, man, thank you for the praise. We appreciate it. As far as Justin Fields having his third OC, I've talked about this now in like two of the last episodes. Bear, casual fans overrate what how much it takes for a player to learn a new playbook. And so I I, I think we're going to be okay. Here. If, if Justin Fields stays on as the, the quarterback one, we're going to be okay. Like this is why you see the Bears being aggressive early as well because you want to get that guy locked in. Uh, Justin Fields always stays around Hallis Hall as well. You may go back to Atlanta and, and is home for a little while in the offseason, but you know he's going to come in, he's going to be locked in, and then the, he's going to learn that playbook. And I don't think it's as big of a deal as what some people make it out to be. I think that's just something that people use to make a point on, and they don't really understand how it works out in reality of the NFL. And I think it's going to be okay. I think it's. I really do think if that if that ends up being the case, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. And we're going to have, hopefully, a more aggressive and dynamic play caller and then see how that's going to evolve our offense. But, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys are following the show at Shy Bear Central. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, chicagobearcentral.gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related, thanks to you guys. And like we like to end every episode on, Shy Town up, but bear down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.